Welcome to the 15th episode of the Who, What, When, Where, and Why podcast. My name is Kathleen Johnson, and I am the Membership and Marketing Director at The Why and your host today. Today's episode is titled Finding Peace in Water and Color with special guest Pastor John Wallace from the First Moravian Church in Dover. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you here today um, because we're going to talk about um, your why story and just how you um, incorporate finding peace. Because most people would think a pastor should be the most peaceful person I know. And I'm sure that like anyone else, you have to work on developing and finding peace in your relationship, not only with Christ, but with um, others and just finding ways to accomplish that for yourself. Um, to make you better for others, because that's um, obviously the mission and the journey that Christ has put you on um, here on this earth, is just to help people follow their way into peace. And so I thought it was an important topic because um, isolation, social, emotional, mental health, everything is such a, a buzzword right now. And um, through this whole COVID crisis, it has been uh, a difficult journey for a lot of people. And um, I know just in, in my, I always find myself to be a fairly peaceful person. I mean, I teach yoga, so that would make sense, right? But I always say that without yoga, you probably wouldn't want to know me. So, um, and without my relationship with Christ, that's another reason that I stay on this kind of, you know, road to um, a more peaceful person, but I work on it. Like I really have to work on it because <laughs> I can be, I can get kind of uh, jumpy in and, and have some anxiety there. So, um, so how did you, um, what brought you to the why? How, how did you get there? How long have you been there? So let's start with that just little piece of why history from you. Well, when we came to the community from Minnesota, this was uh, 12 years ago already. I just tried to find a place where I could work out and do what I like to do. And that would be, um, at that point, lift weights and exercise. Okay. And that was, uh, you know, for me, doing physical things always helps bring down the emotion, calm me down, and keep me focused on something I can accomplish. Um, I've done that since I was in high school, weightlifting, and I haven't quit since. And so that's why I went to the Y, and the folks there have been very kind and very gracious. So when did water come into your physical fitness? Oh, well, water has a unique story for us, um, and especially for me. When I look back, I come from Lake Mills, Wisconsin, so we had a lake. Okay. <laughs> the lake's important. still there. <laughs> okay. The mill is long gone, so okay. the mill is, is no longer there. And I lived in a part of the community that would be known as the, the there were town kids and the lakeshore kids. Okay. I was on the town kids side, which meant that our house wasn't on the lake. Uh, okay. So if you were on the lake, you were... You had arrived. Yes. I didn't realize that that meant you arrived. It just meant to me that my friends had a house on the lake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I would go to the lake and, you know, that was something that I enjoyed. Uh, my sister, Vicki, would take me to the lake with her friends. I was the tag along and, and we would go to Bartles. Bartles Beach, was which, which was the free beach. And okay. there's where I started my career in swimming. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. Except, Kathleen, I got to 245 was as high as the class I got to. Okay, I don't know if I know what that means. What that means is that... (laughs) 1215 there was the beginner's class at 1245 there was the next level Uh at 115 was the next at 145 i got to 245 and never passed oh and watched other people pass me so then you get to a point where you feel like i'm not getting this and i quit swimming so then i was done with it so i gave it up let it go. Said, oh, no, I don't need this. Because all my friends were, in, right. all of a sudden they were in 315. Then they were in 345. Then they were becoming lifeguards. And and I was still in 245. So I huh. just kind of let it go. So what was the, like, what was the um, stumbling point? What, can you think, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> Did well, they tell you? <laughs> well, maybe I should fast forward a little bit. Um <laughs> I was 38 years old, a pastor in Minnesota, and my wife Cheryl said, you need to learn how to swim. You really need to get this down. You're big enough, you're strong enough, you're smart enough, you just don't know the strokes, and you just flounder about in the water. So she set me up for private swimming lessons at 38. Oh, wow. A class of one. (laughs) And... That's when I learned how to put this all together. So I went right. from modified doggy paddles and sort of sloshing about to here's the strokes. Here's what you need to do. And then to feel confident in the water. That's right. when it started. And there's a, there, when you're a non-swimmer, there's a panic factor. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like, I can't touch base and when you jump in a lake for us it was always like what's what's underneath right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know is there a wall i gonna uh, take my toe off or yes <laughs> yes i i complete i'm grew up in lake swimming so i i completely understand that so then after that those private lessons back when i was 38 then it, it just kind of flowed and i felt better about it so when i came to the why it was a matter of just swimming Right. Swimming away was part of what I did. I would do my little 10 laps and feel good about it and think, well, I've accomplished something. <laughs> Life is good. <laughs> Life is good. I know that um, I never took a swim lesson. Um, we were from that gener- that family that uh, we didn't have a Y in our area um, that I knew of. I grew outside of Akron. Of course, Akron Ys are available, but in the town of Manchester where I grew up, we just didn't do that. And my dad was a, a huge boater. Um, he built his first boat. And so we basically learned to swim because my dad put us in the water and we learned to swim too. But I I can freestyle stroke. That's that's about it. And um, luckily our neighbor had a pool. And so we, you know, we swam a lot. But I wouldn't say that I know anything about swimming. <laughs> Nothing. Well, I don't know much either. But- <laughs> Just enough not to drown is what it amounts to. Interesting fact, we had Brenda Worley on here with her mom a couple of episodes prior to this one. And um, she never finished swim lessons either because <laughs> I think um, I think her story was that the last level had to be able to do a back dive. And she found that that was, she decided that that, 
was not something that she really needed to ever know how to do. And so she refused to learn to do the back dive. And so she never finished the last, <laughs> she's the coach. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, but it was funny because she just said, oh, I never got that one. Like I never, they never passed me on that last level. That's an amazing part yeah. of her story. Isn't that funny? No idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, so interesting that that's uh, that little, see, little stumbling blocks for lots of people. Um, so, um, so I, this episode is, is about peace. So does it bring you peace when you, does it, it feel like, cause sometimes when I watch people swim, it's like, I feel like they're just in a different world. Like that's just, it's an interesting concept for me to watch. Cause I'm a little more of the thrashing, um, thing, but so why do you, you know, why do you continue to do it? Does it help? Well, I think now I, after two hip replacements, one in 2014, one in 2016, and a heart attack in 2018, oh my gosh, everything changed. Yeah. So I remember coming to the Y and looking at Stacy and saying, okay, I've had a heart attack. I'm not the strongest of swimmers. I think I know what I'm doing. I feel better in the water, but just keep an eye on me, will you? And they were, the lifeguards there are fantastic. And they just looked after me and they continue to look after me so yeah. i'm i'm very touched and pleased by that when i get in the water for me everything surrounds you the water surrounds you and there's this this spiritual journey that one has to know that that god is holding you yeah that god cares for you that god embraces you that god loves you that God can keep you afloat, but at the same time, like like finding Nemo, you, you gotta <laughs> you gotta just keep swimming. Uh, right. You know, that's what you, right. you can't decide halfway down the lake uh, or in the pool. Well, I'm gonna stop now because you sink like a rock. Right. You just. Oh, that's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You stop. That is a really really good point. Um. So I, when I was kind of, you know, preparing for this, there was a couple of quotes that I was looking at when I just kind of just, you know, typed in when you Google quotes about peace. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to read a few of them because they were, to me, they just didn't, I mean, they were somewhat true, but they weren't what I was looking for. Um, and one of them was to find peace, sometimes you have to be willing to lose communication with people, places, and things that create the noise in your life. And sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, that puts you in a dangerous place when you completely disconnect from everyone. Um, that, that made me a little nervous to think that that was out there. And then the other one was um, that... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll go, I'm going to go to Vincent Van Gogh because we're going to talk about another real great talent in your life, um, that there is peace even in the storm. And so I, that one I was, I was a little better with because um, very close to really just feeling yourself wrapped in um, the grace and the goodness of our Heavenly Father. That really does help me kind of understand that even in the storm, you got to keep moving. Like you got to keep, um, uh, 
preparing and, and having that. So swimming has this great effect on your life. Um, would you recommend it for other people? Certainly, I, I would. Um, I've learned a lot in the last number of years yeah. by swimming and continuing to make that as part of my workout. Because nowadays, uh, I don't run. Right. I can't. Yeah. I don't play basketball like I used to. I can't. I mean, I could, but I'm going to wreck my hips. And yeah. You don't want to redo that all over again. They tried to have me play basketball the other day. I worked on Saturday, and there was only three of them. They were like, hey, you come in here. We could have, you know, we could play a game. I was like, yeah, I think you guys are all taller than me. I think I'm moving on. <laughs> but um, so camping and water starts to combine in your story. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, for me, uh, um I got the camping bug when I was younger. Now, I didn't come from a family of campers. Our whole, the Wallace clan, that, that's something we didn't do. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> I think my father, as a World War II veteran, thought, I I've done enough camping in Europe. I don't need to repeat any of that. Do not and, need to sleep in a sleeping bag, right? And my mom was like, are you kidding me? I'm a, I'm a country girl off the farm. I've done enough of that outdoor right. stuff. I don't... I don't need that at all. But for me, um, I did the Boy Scout thing for a while. Okay. So that kind of gave me a taste of it. But then as I grew and um, worked in churches and church camp, right. um, I was invited or asked to be part of a, be a counselor for a group which was called, there was a primitive camping program, which meant that, Kathleen, you had 16 kids, eight boys and eight girls, Four counselors, two boy, two guys, and two gals. Okay. And you had four teepees. Oh. And, <laughs> and, that's and you cooked over an open fire. Nice. And you have this, yeah. I don't know about that look of yours. No. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where it started for me. I yeah. kind of, in, I really enjoyed that. And after a while... Uh, that kind of pattern and teaching kids camping skills and all right. of those kinds of things that really take people out of their comfort zone. Yes. And force them to think about, well, wait a minute, this isn't, this, this is, this is so different than yeah. what I'm used to. Um, pretty soon after my seminary years and in, in the ministry, um, I was asked to be the director of the primitive program. So I did that for six years and nice. really enjoyed that. And sometimes would camp twice, you know, back-to-back -back weeks with, with different groups of kids and students because another camper didn't, another counselor was unable to come. Yeah. And camping was is uh, a YMCA thing as well. We've had uh, numerous programs that have taken um, on that side of the mm -hmm. primitive um, side of things to take a look at that. And um, I was introduced to camping um, when I married my husband. He had a canoe, <laughs> a tent, um, all these kind of things. And, you know, I, I saw a bear closer than I really wanted to and, and some skunks and stuff like that. <laughs> and so, um, and, and we've spent many alive festivals in a tent uh, under a lot of rain and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I get that. I do, I do think that it, it does um, take you out of your comfort zone. Um, but it's, I love how all those threads have come in to your ministry 
and have made impacts all the way down. Um, so you, you really feel like those wilderness moments are going to shape people's lives. And so I invest, tell me more. I invest time in those things and the programs that we do at church and over my ministry. Uh, a, name, a friend of mine, Bill, was a, who's a pastor in Maryland, when I was serving in Minnesota, Kathleen, he invited me to go with him to the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota. And that is a backwoods, out-of-the-way wow. place where, you know, there's, there's no cell phone reception. You are cut and left, and you, you canoe out into these beautiful lakes, find such mm -hmm. peace and serenity and beauty. And then there's this calmness. And, it, and what is neat about those experiences, those wilderness experiences like that, for me, has always been we would work through an outfitter. And many times oh, it was yep. the same outfitter over and over again. And a lot of the guides would look at us and there would be this moment. They would say, they'd look at you and they'd go, you need about three days before you'll let go. Oh, wow. You'll need about, oh boy, you'll need about five days before <laughs> you let go. And what he meant by that is it's going to take you that long to not be so worried about Right. My last text, my next thing that I got to get a hold of, what return this fellow. Why? It's going to take you three days before you turn the world off and let, in yeah. my in my opinion, in my experience, let the Creator speak to you. Right. To find that peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, that's great. Um, are we, you know, and I think the same can be said about going on a on a retreat. Um, and trying to really not only recon just connect, but to disconnect and to find that um, nice balance between mm -hmm. the two. Um, when I was, uh, again, researching, talking to you today, I went to your website and I loved your mission statement that's on the website um, that it's simply love. And uh, I'll test you on that because I'm um, hopefully you'll know it because otherwise I have to bend down here and reach for my paper that's on the floor. <laughs> and so uh, the L stood for, do you know it? You don't. Okay. Um, well, hang on. I have it down here. I'm just going to hide under the desk for a moment. Because <laughs> I put it down. So I, so I went to your website and it said the church's mission statement and the goal of the church is to lead the congregation's attitude in the simplest mission statement of love, L, leading people to Jesus Christ, O, obeying God's commandments, V, value and nurturing spiritual growth, and E, encouraging Christian service. And um, I just, I loved that just basic acronym. Um, and I thought that, and I put that in the description of our podcast because I thought it was important. It's so easy for people to, um, to think that growing spiritually is so complicated, I can't do it. Or finding peace or even a, just an inkling of it is so difficult, I'm never going to get there. And um, so I think the conversation about uh, love and peace and hope and joy and all those things that are these fruits of the Spirit that we're given are just, they're, they're simple and, and people shy away from them. So that's kind of why I really wanted to talk about peace and trying to find just different simple ways that you can kind of get closer 
to um, calming that down. So I love that. Like our first is about you not even really knowing the swimming as well. And then that becomes that source. And I loved how you described it as um, almost the way that you would feel when you're encompassed with God's love, that you're in this water and it just encompasses you and holds you and protects you. And um, yet you need to keep moving through it um, or in God's place to it. And so um, I love that. So where does art come in then? When, cause I love the pieces that you hang and the why I love that you come over and change them up. Um, I dabble a little bit in that myself. Um, I've, don't have anything that I know of anywhere else, but in my little art room at, you know, or in our, within our own home. And I think I've given two pieces away. One was to my mother, which um, when she passed, I have back now. (laughs) So um, I knew that would get that one back eventually. And, um, and so I kind of, kind of keep those pieces within the family and stuff. And, um, but tell me where art comes in, in all of this. Well, let me step back and, and just tell a little story about how the art fits. My mom, um, she went to high school at 12, graduated when she was 16. Oh, my. Stepped into the workforce at 17. Never went to college until later in the journey. One of her passions was art. Oh, cool. Now, we jokingly in the Wallace family would call it, it's, it's the tomato casserole week which meant that mom was on an art, you know, today we use the word binge. So that meant she came back from the factory. She had her art, you know, the kitchen table was covered in the latest project she was painting. Yeah. And so dad and I and my sisters, we'd kind of look at each other, well, okay, we're going to have oatmeal tonight. We're going to have fried (laughs) eggs because she's not really cooking this week. This is the week of she's on on a run with this. And so we would see that. And then she'd suddenly, you know, she'd be drawn and painting up a storm. And then all of a sudden, Kathleen's just like, okay, I'm done. Uh, and she, like, what? She, like, you just turn it off, boom. And then it, a few weeks would pass, a couple of months maybe, and all of a sudden, inspiration. And she'd fire it up again. And we'd all look at each other and go, oh, here we go again. That's awesome. Tomato <laughs> surprise week here, and that'll be fun. My sister... I have two sisters, Nancy, who loves language. That's her strength. Um, and my other sister, Vicki, who is an artist. Now, she's a juried artist. She is, she is good on the canvas. Okay. She is well-respected. She uses art as an alcohol and drug counselor. Oh, wow. She has used art in the school districts. She has used art from Alaska to Montana to Wisconsin to where she lives now in New Mexico. She finds a way that where a student is having problems communicating and understanding, she finds those art projects that bring them out of their shell or get them connected. It's such a voice for people. mm -hmm. It really can be. So I come from a family where art was not poo-pooed, yeah. It was celebrated. There was a time even when I was younger, mom mom paid for private art lessons where other people were learning how to shoot basketballs and run faster and jump higher. I was learning how to draw horses. I don't draw horses much anymore. anymore. 
<laughs> At the time, it was a big thing, I guess. That's awesome. So um, you dabble in a lot of different mediums. What's your favorite? Um, I tend to keep going back to oils. Really? Yes. I have never, I've worked in oils like twice and was like, oh, here's, not here's good. why I tend to come back to oils. Oils teach you patience uh-huh. and peace. And if you make a mistake, you can just simply wipe it off and start again. Uh, That's a good point. Acrylics are not that forgiving. And watercolor, they just laugh at you. It's like once (laughs) it's on the paper, it's not coming off. Right. Once, you know, I have a, my sister tried to get me into watercolors and I ended up with making most of my paintings into postcards that I would send out to people as a TLC because I was, you know, I got to salvage this somehow. <laughs> so I'd cut out sections that looked appropriate. Okay, yeah. we'll mount this on a card and send it to somebody. Yeah, so note the title of this was not watercolor. It was water and color because yes. I knew that watercolors were not your thing. And uh, they're they're difficult. They are. Mm-hmm. They are um, definitely difficult. I prefer acrylics over either of the other two um, resources. I don't have the patience for oils. It takes a while for them to dry. <laughs> so you have to kind of um, multitask on a couple of different paintings, maybe at the same time. But And for me, um, to, to conclude that part of, of my background, uh, Kathleen, I went to the University of Wisconsin at Platteville, one of the smaller campuses in the bigger system. I had a social studies comprehensive major and I could have minored in art. My go-to to calm me and keep me right. you know, between economics classes and math classes and this, uh, to be a social studies teacher, I have that background, but not the teaching degree, Okay, is I would take art classes. Nice. So I could have been a minor in art. I would have just taken a couple more courses and I would have had that. So I had that as that kind of kept kept me in it and in high school I was in it and it just carried on and it's carried through into my ministries right how does that connect into becoming a pastor like how do you use all those things that you've learned not only from um, swimming and art but how, how do you connect all of that to what you do on a daily basis on a daily basis, I'm not sure if I do that. Very if you well. do connect it, <laughs> that's okay. But overall, I think for me, um, art has been part of my call to serve the Lord. Because I look at a flock, and you can look at any congregation, and you can say, "Hey, those are the good singers. Hey, those are the good speakers. Hey, those are the folk that you want on your board when it comes to crunching numbers. Hey, those are the people right. that you want to show up and help you do this." But there is a whole cadre of folk that are creative and artistic, and I like to tap into that to share with brothers and sisters that Christ is very much a part of the expressive nature of artistic renditions. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You can find ways to tap into those resources. So for me, I'll look at students and I'll have them paint. I mean, we have probably seven paintings now in the congregation that were painted during the worship service by people in the church family. Wow. Who would have never thought 
to have done that before, but you know, the opening prelude starts and the artist begins to paint. And love that. And people sit there and they don't they're just mem- mesmerized by what they're watching. They're looking at it and going, I, I don't see the flower yet. I don't I'm not sure what he where where is she going with this? Where oh, oh there's the lamb. Oh my you know, and those yes. kinds of things. Yeah. So we have lots of other paintings that I had students and adults commission for lack of a better phrase, to to give to God as a gift to the church family. I mean, we have, so we have one whole hallway that is full of, it looks like its own little art gallery. And you walk down it, and it's like each artist is recognized for the work and the purpose of the piece uh-huh. and um, why it was created and what it, what it represents. It really is just a uh, creativity and gifts um, that we've been given. And if they're not shared, if you're not connecting that with other people, I, I'm telling this to myself, I think um, it really is just doing a, a, a disservice to uh, what God has given you and the talents that you have been given. I, I can remember um, Shelly Beitzel. Uh, she owns a dance studio down here in downtown Dover. Her husband, I believe his name's Jeff. Um, is an artist as well. And um, I can remember uh, her telling me one day that they were the the ballerinas were going to dance to a recital and he was going to paint in the background. And it was a Mother's Day thing. And it was just a huge, huge canvas. And, and he was just going to let whatever came from the music, from the dance, mm-hmm. come out onto um, that that piece of canvas. And I just, I love creativity in that way because I really do think it helps us connect um not only to others but to just a higher power that is just calling us um to be closer and to seek um and to be able to find that type of peace um do you have any um um you know uh scriptures that that just really come to mind to you that um bring this sense kind of wrap this all kind of together I know that you brought a couple with, I think it's up here. <laughs> oh, look at you, you've got them there too. Okay. But yeah, um, there was a couple. For me, here's one from Isaiah that has always taken this water theme and, and put it to a different peaceful sense. Yeah. This is from Isaiah 40, 43, um, verse number two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Now, the fire part is a little strong, but I I get the metaphor. But to me, the idea of the river and the water is very comforting. God is is going to be there. God is going to be there. That purification, that um, sense of travel, that uh, sense of support, always just there. That, and to me, that is a great description of grace and that f- ever-flowing ability to feel that, um, I think, is, is where people will find the best peace that, that, they, that they can have in their life, um, that peace that, that Christ will leave with them. Um, I know in Bible studies that I'm in or even connect, small groups that I've been connected with, um, it always seems to be just 
uh, a struggle for some people to really find that in their life. And so I appreciate conversations like this, that something as simple as learning to swim or creating um, that flow or that practice in your life of painting, of of uh, really taking these gifts that you've been given, these opportunities that you've been given can really open doors in a way that will bring you closer to the peace that you're actually seeking, um, which to me is just super important. Um, before we close on a couple of other just fun facts, um, <laughs> um, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Anything that, that you think that we missed maybe because we had a lot of papers I just want to, first of all, thank you for this opportunity to speak. Yeah, so glad you share took a little it. bit of story. And I also want to do a little shout out to the WISE staff, to Stacy and to Brian and Daylene and to Omar and to Gary and Sally and others at the desk and yourself as well. Thank you. For all the ways in which you have looked after me and looked out for me and been very accommodating to our story here when we have come to the community. It's a very positive place to serve and I would be a have, part of. I would have never known that you've not been here all your life. I mean, I just, the way that you become part of this community, um, it's pretty impressive. Like, I would have just thought you grew up here. So, no, I'm a I cheese, learned, I'm I learned, a cheese head. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something today about you that I didn't really, I didn't realize that you were not um, specifically from this. Um, no this area so you're talking to two people that were not born here but um do love this community very much um do you have some things coming up uh for your church we'll probably air this in september of some time but um you guys always have something on that board i love to drive by and see um obviously you've had some uh, great conversations with hunter armstrong we talked about in that our in our past podcast um about hunter um and um but do you have some special events coming up uh this, this well, school year? Here would be a, a good example for us for Labor Day. Um, we're having our service up on Dice Hill. Oh, nice. And this is our picnic. So, the, okay. you know, you're welcome to come and participate. And Great. in that particular one, um, we are doing, we're having an artist again. Ah, so cool. the, the theme is Labors of Love. Okay. And the artist will begin. Tim Seidel is the artist. Okay. He is going to start his canvas right along with uh, Josh Compton's coming, bringing music. Uh, um, nice. Have some quiet singing and then uh, being out and about. If the weather is kind of dicey, then we just take it from Dice Hill and have it in the sanctuary. Right. Um, we look forward to that. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Um, I, I think outside services are just, they're just, they really do kind of bring you back. I mean, I love church services because I, um, I, I especially love stained glass windows. Uh, I, I love to look at that. I want to see where, what the artist, like, is every piece of glass. Like, I look at everything when it comes to the stained glass windows. And I've always had this idea that we should look at all the stained glass windows in Dover and then just do a little booklet of them so that you know, like, what each one is depicting and stuff like that. Nobody's taking me up on that idea yet, but you never know. Somebody might listen know. to this compact, this podcast and, and look at that. Well, um, I mean, with that, just that in mind, Kathleen, if you think about it, the stained glass was there not to be pretty. 
It was there to tell a story. Right. It was there originally to tell a story for those who could not read. Well, and it does. I I love it. So art has been part of the Christian experience from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. And water, obviously. Um, some, Some interesting facts. Do you happen to know, hopefully you didn't look at my paper, do you happen to know what the most peaceful country is listed? There's actually a list. (laughs) <laughs> there's a and then I'll ask you where you think the United States actually ranks but what do you think is the number one most peaceful country I have no idea no you're not even gonna try okay Sweden sweet oh, that's funny that's what my husband said no <laughs> <laughs> it's Iceland surrounded by water Yes, it, and it, it says that Icelanders can sleep well at night. They live um, in the most peaceful country in the world. No news is good news when it comes to the tranquility of Iceland. It is the 14th year in a row that they've been rated number one. Um, they, they don't have a standing army, navy, or air force. Um, and uh, they have low crime rates, um, and uh, it just it, it, it was just kind of an interesting thing for me. I'm like, Iceland. Do you know that I also, one of those things that you know about Iceland is they named it Iceland so no one would go there. So, and then Greenland is actually what Iceland probably should actually look like. But So where do you think the United States comes in? There are 163 on this list. Where do you think we fall? 75. No, 122. Ouch. Yeah. So we need to do better at being more peaceful country. <laughs> I like it. Um, some of the things I also found um, for uh, 10 things mentally strong people give up to gain a more peaceful um, life are um, obviously engaging with toxic people. And um, as Christians, we know that we have to do that. Like we have to connect. Um, and so we use that. I feel like we use that. Um, spiritual shield to help uh, protect ourselves, but uh, also need to reach out to into the community regardless of, but toxic people can definitely take you down. Um, excessive self-blame, um, chasing happiness instead of just, you know, trying to um, be mentally strong for other people. Um, so they, I mean, there was a whole list of different things that people stayed away from. Um, and, I think um, to one of the the last one was to complete self reliance. Um, to thinking that you can do everything on your own was one of those things that they had to totally get rid of um, to be find a more peaceful attitude um, for themselves. And I think that's that's huge because uh, at the Y we talk a lot about relationships um, and. We like to think that even if you come to us just because you want to use a fitness equipment, that um, it doesn't take long before we have uh, fig- that you have figured out that you're not alone in this world, and there are a lot of people that are count- that that are looking and hoping that you will come back in the next day mm-hmm. and um, become part of a really strong community. I think your church has done some great things. Believe me, I, I love, again, I love your church sign. I love seeing all the stuff that you guys are doing. Um, tell our listeners um, how they would get to know more about your church, where you're located, 
uh, maybe some contact information. Well, we're on the corner of Walnut and 4th Street here in downtown Dover. Um, you can go to our website, which is doverfirstmoraviancchurch.org, and you can cruise your way through there and peruse and see all the things that uh, opportunities that we do have. Yeah, and then uh, times of your services? Um, currently, we're in the summer schedule, so worship is at 9.30. Okay. It, it'll shift um, in September 12th. Um, back to worship at 8 okay. and 10 with Sunday school at 9. Okay. And um, you can just walk in, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to um, call ahead or anything like no, that? No, not at all. Just- <laughs> <laughs> you can come. Do um, people arrive early at your church? and uh, Not so much chit-chat? so. They, as much? They kind of come within the last 10 minutes, yeah. it seems. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's standard around here, but it kind of seems that. Yeah, we were talking to Pastor Jason from CCO Church that meets at the Y, and um, he used to just tell people that church started at ten fifteen, so that or you know, so they, we arrive early, and um, now it just starts at ten fifteen because you know. But it it was always funny because he'd always like just come ahead of time, you know, socialize, get to know people. Uh, we want to get to know you too. So, um, just a a, a great um, great community here, and. Um, do you have anything else that you can think of well, that you would like to add? I would like to add this final piece, I think, to kind of put the ribbon around everything. Kathleen, yeah. thank you for your time and the opportunity. But for me, if you look at the scriptures and you once again return to what Jesus would do in the midst of when it got so hectic, when the decisions, when it seemed like the river was overwhelming him, or the choices and decisions from his disciples or what he was trying to accomplish as the Son of God— he would always strike out and go to a quiet place, mm-hmm. away from the crowd, away from the connections, and be with his Lord. And I think that's something we can all learn and abide by, right. that it's okay to take that 25-minute walk just for yourself and just your thoughts with Christ. Where am I going? How can you help? And, and that's not wasted time. Yeah. That's valid time. Yeah. I tell my yoga class a lot of times that self-care is not selfish. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they need to remember that, that taking time for yourself is not a selfish act in any way, shape, or form. All right. Well, thank you You're for welcome. coming. Um, well, that ends our 14th podcast here at the um, Who, What, When, Where, and Why podcast. Um, If you take a moment to check out our website at TUSCYMCA.org or follow us on any of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, we are on all of those. Um, And if you've missed other episodes of the WISE uh, podcast, you can go to our uh, website as well and just click on the podcast or maybe even read some of our blogs that we put together from these podcasts. Um, the Y is a nonprofit organization focused on youth development, healthy living, and social responsibility. Financial assistance is always available for you to connect with the Y, so don't hesitate to ask and stop by the Y soon so that we can um, bring you into our YMCA family. And maybe you can see uh, Pastor John uh, when he comes in to swim and um, take part in some other things. We do have a free community event coming up in September, so um, get on our website. You can see some other special events that will be with us, as well as the uh, our golf outing and our um, turkey trot that will be in November. 
So we hope to see you finding peace soon in your daily practices. If we can at all help you, please give us a call at 330-364-5511. Thanks for listening.